0: Eric Adams is the Brooklyn Borough president. He's become a fan of the show. And uh, here he is. Eric, good morning, pal. How are
1: you? Sid, you are right. Uh, Brooklyn is the home of America. And actually, with a large city, we overcame Chicago. (laughs)
0: <laughs> wow. Well, there you go. So I just got the, uh, the endorsement from uh, Eric Adams. Hey, Eric, before we start talking about what you specifically brought up a couple of days ago, I'm not going to lie to you. It confused me. That's why I brought you back on about what you want to do with the police in terms of uh, hiring brass. Tell us this for folks that don't know how you feel. Bernie and I have been saying for weeks that the uh, systematic racism does not exist. Nine unarmed black men were killed last year, not 900, not 9,000, not 9 million, nine. So that's our contention. Uh, that doesn't mean you, may, you, you think the same way. How do you feel about the police? And have, uh, are you in with this police brutality, systematic racism?
1: And let me tell you why people say systematic racism, because you look at the shootings. The shootings are horrific when innocent people are shot or when you saw, what you saw with Floyd. Incident, George Floyd incident. But here's the real problem. It's the everyday interactions. Let me give you an example. Elder religious leader, one of the top religious leaders in Brooklyn, she's driving a car she has on her white collar, uh, entire outfit as a, a pastor. She's pulled over by a police officer. He says, what's in that cup? She says, water, sir. He says, let me see it. He takes the cup of water, puts his nose in it to smell it, then give it back and say, okay, you can drink it. That is what people are talking about. Every day, story after story of how they're treated, how they're stopped. The Garcia incident. We're supposed to be doing social distancing. Instead, we are uh, punching a, a bystander. Well,
2: no Wait, thing. wait. The bystander in that case, uh, was, he, he didn't back up as he was instructed. Uh, from what I saw in the videotape, uh, of Mr. Adams. Yeah, but keep in mind,
1: I did the job. And I'm the professional, not the bystander. I don't get hooked by the words of a bystander. If a bystander is an an idiot, then go ahead, be an idiot. I'm the one that's going to show the discipline of what it is to be a police. And I police throughout my years with some officers with the greatest level of discipline, discipline. the greatest people I know. One of the perfect examples of how good many of my officers are is when we had two officers assassinated on Tompkins Avenue. That was around Christmas. They were giving out toys to children. They didn't stop giving them out. They said, we don't want these children in NYCHA to have a terrible Christmas. We hurt our officers. We're mourned after. So I think that if we don't separate and remove from the noble profession of policing, those officers that tarnish our badge then you're going to always have what you're having right now.
0: All right, that's fair. And, and, and listen, I brought this story with Bernie a million times, uh, and I'll do it again uh, at the sake of repetition. I've got a cousin down in Atlanta, Kyra, love her to death, and her son is the star quarterback on the football team. I live in Atlanta. He's a straight-A student, and he was stopped twice last year only because he was black. So I brought that up to Bernard, and I brought it up to other people before. So what you're saying does exist. It does exist. So I will ask you, as a guy that spent 20-plus years in the force, does that exist in big numbers? Forget about shootings and statistics. Do you believe in big numbers that cops all over the country stop people just based on color? No, I don't think out
1: of the 30, 30 plus thousand police officers we have that you have cops that start their torch saying, hey, we're going to go harass black people. No, where we fail in the system, and this is why it's called systematic, the numbers who actually carry out that action. As a platoon commander on the first platoon, I only had four cars that was out patrolling the precinct. If one of those cars has an idiot inside or he and his partner are harassing people, and I don't identify and remove him from the system, I protect him, promote him, then that's when it's systematic. A perfect example is what happened to that. Uh, There was a commander, there was a precinct commander standing next to the officer who pushed the young girl to the ground when she cracked her head. He didn't say anything to his officer. He didn't correct him. He kept moving forward, act like it didn't happen. That is what people are talking about when they state that you have to change the mindset because the good cops in the precincts all over this country have created an environment I'd rather not even report my bad cops. And I bet you, after those cops were indicted, in um, Minnesota, I bet you you had a lot of cops that went into their police and say, I don't want to go out with this guy anymore because this guy's going to get me in trouble and I want my assignment changed. That used to happen to me all the time as a lieutenant. Someone would come to the desk and say, "Lou, can you do me a favor and change my assignment? I don't want to go on patrol with this guy.
2: I don't doubt that at all, uh, Yeah, that that Chauvin was uh, a sadistic murderer who deserves probably the death penalty, I would say. Uh, But before we get to your specific uh, suggestion to uh, de Blasio on on how to pick precinct commanders, uh, you were part of it, the NYPD, you just mentioned it. Uh, New York City went from uh, a horrible almost 3,000 murders per year, which was a lot, uh, probably mostly black lives, uh, two 318 murders in 2019, and that was the NYPD policing. Yet, we don't express any appreciation or, or, or acknowledgement of that. They're hated and demonized by people who should know better. Uh, what do you say to I, that, Eric?
1: I I, I I do not follow the cor- chorus of uh, disbanding uh, police agencies, taking police agencies apart. And, you know, the numbers you just uh, indicated, 2,000 homicides a year back in the mid-'90s, uh, bringing those numbers down, I was part of that. I know what it is. to report to an incident, and you're looking over a body riddled with bullets. I know how crime and crack has been pervasive in our, our city. And I don't want my son growing up in that city, and I've made that clear a number of times. But what I do know, in the last four years, we've increased the budget of the police over a billion dollars. I think we need to be more proactive in fighting crime. And I said this on your show all the time if you just look at the young men who are on Rikers Island or the inmates at Rikers Island, 30 to 40% of them are dyslexic. If we identify their dyslexia while they're in school, then they won't hit the streets, think they can't learn, and all of a sudden they end up doing crime and they sit on Rikers Island. That is the type of preventing, using smart money to prevent crimes and not react to crime. Same before the kids the kids age out, they age out of foster care, they are either likely to become victims of crime or participate in criminal behavior. If we just hit, take $50 million and give them life coaches until they reach the age of 26, they're more likely to graduate from college. They're more likely to be able to graduate from high school and be productive yeah. citizens. It's using our money in a smarter way to prevent crime and not wait to the crime. Yeah, listen, I,
0: I, I like some of the things you're talking about. It makes sense. Uh, Bo Deedle even talked about police, police officers providing some of that big brother stuff. What about this, Eric? When people say, my cousin, for example, he gets stopped twice in, in the same community. Fact is, he's just a black kid trying to go to school. And this is why we love having you on the show, Eric, because you're honest and, and we're friendly here. What if I said to you that per capita, there's more crime inside the black community than any place else. And maybe once in a while, that makes a cop trigger happy. Maybe once in a while, that makes a cop nervous. Now, you can blame it on the government. You can blame it on whites. You can blame it on a ton of things. But can you argue the fact that there is more crime per capita in that community? And that may lead to some of the major issues with the cops. Listen,
1: and and you won't get any argument out of me, and let me tell you what happens, and I don't think people understand that human beings are human beings. If every day you are responding to calls of crimes, remember, a cop is not called to a house for the birthday party. They're called there when the party is shot up. Right. And if every day that's all you see and all you do, you have a tendency to believe that your mind begins to, focus and begin to process that, okay, this is a community of criminals. And that's why we have to change the interactions. You know, I remember looking at a tow truck that says we meet by accident on a bu- on his bumper sticker. That's funny. And I said, <laughs> cops can't only meet when there is a crime. I I, I had a, a cop one day, a young cop, we, w- we walked into Farragut Houses, night church development, and someone urinated in an elevator. When we got on the elevator, he said, you see, boss, these people don't deserve anything. Look at his urine in his elevator. And I said, officer, one person pissed in the elevator. Everybody in this building is upset over this piss. Don't treat everyone in this building based on his urine in this elevator. That is what we have to do. We have to, just as I don't want everyone to treat every cop based on a negative interaction they had, I don't want every cop to treat everyone in the community based on the negative interaction. Well said. A small number of people are committing crimes in those communities which is crime per capita. But we treat everyone in that community based on that small number of people who committed crimes.
2: And speaking of the community, uh, Eric Adams, Borough President of Brooklyn, I would imagine that uh, far from defunding the police, the people in the communities you're talking about, in those nights of houses and all, they want the cops there. They they, they love to see police officers. They feel safer when they see uh, the NYPD in the hood, no?
1: Without a doubt. You know, uh, I everywhere I go, every call I receive, the complaints i receive is uh why don't i have more cops on my block why aren't they patrolling like it's supposed to um those are the concerns i get uh, i don't get i don't get calls saying hey we don't want our uh, officers here but it's not a trade-off you know you don't ha- you don't have to be safe in disgrace you could have both because i know how well we can do this job, because I've witnessed it over the years. And that is why the proposal I'm calling for, many people misunderstand that proposal. Let me get clear on what the pro- sure. proposal is. Yeah. I, I said to the commissioner mayor, the commissioner would give the community board and the precinct council three recommendations. People, he already stated they have the ability to be commanders. He would give them those three recommendations. They would look and choose from those three recommendations based on sitting down and speaking with them. What is your vision for fighting crime in this community? What's your background? Um, what type of complaints you've had in your past? Uh, they should know who they are because that commissioner, that, that commander, many people don't understand the power of the commander. The commander controls that geographical piece of real estate in communities. If the community uh, has no real relationship with that commander, you're going to have an erosive relationship between the police and the community. That needs to change. If the community and that commander knows this is a partnership, then you'll get a better response. So it's not that the community will go into the police department and say, I'm, go- I'm going to grab whoever that I want. No. Right. The, right. Police, the police commissioner is going to say, here are three guys that meet the level to be commanders. You choose one of these three based on your interview, based on his vision, based on his ability to take it to where you want. That allows a grassroots relationship with al support.
0: All right, that makes uh, some sense. Now that you explained it, Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams, a couple more, we'll let you go. Uh, and I know you don't dislike Dermot Shea, maybe even like him a lot, but do you think that maybe the better decision would have been a Ben Tucker Rodney Harrison, Juanita Holmes, I don't know, somebody of color to deal with some of these issues inside those communities?
1: Uh, And and I do like and I think he's a a decent person. and He has uh, been extremely open to a lot of different thinking. Uh, But I thought uh, the mayor missed a golden opportunity. Uh, When you look at the record of Tucker, uh, an attorney, uh, the number of years in law enforcement on the city, state, national le- level, I think it sent the wrong message that here you have a man with his c- credentials, and he was skipped over twice. He wasn't skipped over once, but he was skipped over twice, and uh, others were promoted at a faster pace, and he just sat there. You can't continue to say the black guy could only you know, be on the field. He can never coach the team. And I thought the mayor made a big mistake in doing that, and I shared that with him. I thought it was the wrong thing to do.
2: Eric Adams, last one for me. Uh, You cited, uh, Eric, uh, the uh, shortcoming, one of the shortcomings of the education system. You can lay that right at uh, Bill de Blasio and and Carranza's feet, uh, failing to identify, you know, kids with problems, whatever. But de Blasio, the disaster of Bill de Blasio continues. No beaches in in Brooklyn, Coney Island, closed this weekend. No pools, no city pools. De Blasio just now, oh, my God, we're just, just training the lifeguards now in the middle of June. I mean, how bad, how bad was, how way incompetent was that?
1: Yeah, and, I, and I agree. There was no reason we should have waited this long to train like, like God. Uh, and uh, we, I said on the show uh, when we were speaking previously, that you can't have children just sitting around doing nothing. They're not going to shelter in place. One person told me, you know, why can't they just sit in their backyard or on their terrace? I said, darn it, they don't have no darn background. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> That's crazy. Come on. <laughs> you know, come on. You know? yeah. So, but,
2: yeah.
1: But, but, you, but you're right. Listen, when, when I was a child, um, I was as mischievous as could be. I, 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 I'm not going to run around here and say that, you know, I, I was always in mischief. You know right, absolutely, we are. We are. Me too. Especially if you were from Brooklyn, I know you were in mischief. You know, yeah, so and me from course. the Bronx.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, uh, come on! I was uh, turning on water hydrants, right? But hey, last one. Sixty seconds to go, Eric. I, 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 you know, tell me about Donald Trump for a second. It only took one day for the president to come out and talk about a DOJ investigation. How upset he was about George Floyd's murder. This is a fact now, Eric. Unemployment, uh, the numbers at its all-time best for African Americans since Trump took over. Job opportunities, you know, the things he's doing with criminal reform, like Alice Johnson. All I see, and I don't love the guy. I don't love him. But all I see, quite frankly, is he's done a lot more in three years for the African-American community than Barack Obama did in eight. What is with all the vitriol directed at President Donald Trump?
1: Well, I think there's a lot of uh, energy, and I think because the president shot himself in the foot many times. So I am not a a Trump supporter, and I'm not even going to pretend to do so. I think our country has been divided more than I've ever witnessed the division of it. And I think, I believe, uh, that healing this country and doing the things that that must be done, it must be uh, carried out on the city level. The cities must get together. Cities are, are really running countries all over the globe. That's where the real solutions are. That's where the rubber meets the road. If we start aligning our partnerships with cities, we can get things done. National governments are not getting things done anymore. All across the globe, cities are coming together to make it happen.
2: Hey, Eric Adams, maybe the next mayor. He's the B- Brooklyn Borough President. Maybe the next mayor, and he sounds like a, a very
0: reasonable uh, choice. I think so. He's
2: the Eric guy. Adams, he's uh, the thanks for appearing on the Bernie and Sid show and for, for your
0: insights and uh, you know your points of view. We appreciate it. Okay. Safe, guys. Take All right, Eric. You, you be well. You Have there. a great weekend, buddy. Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams.